You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. Now that the 2016 presidential election is over, we are unpacking what happened and why, assessing blame and giving out accolades. One of the interests, one of the parties that's involved in the campaign has taken more than its normal share of heat, and that is the media. An angry public, almost for the past 18 months, has been after the press for the way that they covered the presidential campaigns in 2016. And the truth is, everything you knew about the candidates, good or bad, you actually knew because of the media. And yet media organizations must be open to the possibility that they could have done better or focused on more important issues or written stories differently. What needs to change as the media change gears from covering a campaign to covering a presidency. We're going to spend the rest of the hour talking about the media's performance in the presidential election of 2016 and what the relationship will look like between the media and a Trump administration and what things we need to hear from the media about the Trump administration. How should this administration be covered? Should it be different? Will it be unprecedented in terms of the relationship between the press uh, and the administration. All of those things, I think, are on people's minds to some degree now. Uh, Joining me to unpack some of that is Lee Wilkins. She's a professor and chair of the Department of Communications here at Wayne State University. Lee, welcome back to Detroit Today. Absolutely. And Jeff Cohen is a media critic and professor at Ithaca College. Jeff, welcome to Detroit Today. Nice to be with you. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, You, I should also notice, note that you are also a Detroit native. So That's right. In some way, welcome home to you as well. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Lee, I, I'm going to start with you. Uh, we've talked before on this program about how the media were performing during the presidential election. There has been some criticism of, of, of that from, from you, from me, uh, from some other folks uh, who've been involved in those conversations. Now that it's over... Uh, give us a sort of uh, synopsis of uh, the assessment of, of the job that the that the media played this year. So I'm going to say three things really quickly so we can, we can move on. <laughs> um, there were some news organizations I thought did a fabulous job. Among them were the New York Times and the Washington Post, who did what I consider to be in-depth, investigative, interpretive journalism about multiple candidates. There were a whole bunch of journalists, both local and national, who did a lot of stenography. That's not my favorite form of journalism. I understand the economic pressures of the business that sort of make that, if not possible, at least much more likely than the kind of of journalism that I would like to see. And then I also want to say that there are some new kids in town that actually we don't talk about very much. We sort of tend to look at legacy media. And one of those new kids in town is Facebook. And if the conversation allows it, I would like to come back to what I think the responsibilities of Facebook are now going forward. Yeah, well, I mean, and let's not just limit it to Facebook, but the whole idea of social media the role that it is playing, the, the the increasing role that it's playing in actually informing people, not just being a gathering place. And that's the, I mean, I think that's one of the lines that's very difficult to draw anymore or to, to sort of figure out uh, what 
what responsibilities lie and with, with, with whom. And you're right, we will absolutely come back uh, to that a little later. Uh, Jeff Cohen, uh, I, I want to ask you, you uh, were one of the founders of FAIR, the National Media Watch Group, uh, oversaw uh, its academic studies of balance and diversity in TV and radio news. You're also the founding director of the Park Center for Independent Media. Um, give the media a grade, I guess, uh, for well, 2016. It would be a pretty low one. Um, <laughs> the issue with the word media, it's, you know, it's a plural. Uh, sure. Media are plural. Um, unfortunately, U.S. elections are still dominated by one medium in spite of the rise of social media. Television, in my view, is still the most important. And uh, television, in my view, performed horribly. Um, there's always coverage of the horse race and the gaffes and very little on policy. And coverage, this, the thing about television, it's a lot easier to study than it is to study social media. And so you can study television sometimes by just counting the minutes. How much was this candidate covered? How much was that issue covered? How little was this candidate or that issue covered? And when you do that kind of analysis, and I'm talking about the whole presidential campaign, uh-huh. you see that television really boosted one candidate and hurt others, in particular hurt one other candidate. Uh, one of the most um, revealing statistics is the ABC World News Tonight and their coverage of the primary. Uh-huh. Uh, and in the first 11 months of 2015, ABC World News Tonight, one of the biggest news shows in the country, gave 81 minutes of coverage to Donald Trump, and they gave Bernie Sanders 20 seconds. And so when you have, like, uh, two of the big stories of last year as the presidential election was taking shape, is one outsider was coming out of nowhere from the right wing. His name was Donald Trump, big rallies, a lot of excitement. And another candidate was coming out of nowhere from the left wing, and that's Bernie Sanders, whose rallies were even bigger than Donald Trump's. Uh, But Bernie Sanders only gets 20 seconds of coverage on one of the biggest news shows and very little on other news shows. That disadvantaged him in his competition within the Democratic primary against Hillary Clinton. And on the other side, you have Donald Trump getting 81 minutes, and there were months in July and August of last year where Donald Trump was getting more TV coverage than all of the other 20 candidates, Democrat or Republican, combined. And it makes it so that advantages Trump against all the other Republicans. And to me, the perhaps the most important comment uh, in the whole election cycle, of what we've been through, what this country's been put through, didn't come from a candidate. It came from the CEO of CBS named Les Moonves, yeah. who made a series of comments uh, early this year, and they went like this. This is the head of CBS, the head of a media conglomerate that has so much impact on how people perceive politics and perceive the candidates. He said that the election campaign was a circus. 
it may not be good for America, but it's damn good for CBS. Who would have expected the ride we're having right now? The money's rolling in. This is fun. This is going to be a very good year for us. Bring it on, Donald. Keep going. Donald's place in this election is a good thing. And so what the head of CBS is saying is they're making money because Trump and some of Trump's comments were bringing ratings. Then they're making money because Jeb Bush and the others, to try to get into the race, are spending huge amounts of money on ads. So in summary, uh, this election may have been good for the profits of uh, conglomerates that own TV networks, including cable news networks, it wasn't very good, in my view, for the electorate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I wonder, I, I'm asking both of you this question. I have said a couple of times uh, on panels and, and in television interviews that that I have a slightly different view of of what role the media played with, uh, with Donald Trump. Um, and I've compared it to uh, this is a comparison that both of you will be able to relate to uh, and an auto assembly line. Right. We're Detroiters. That's how we yep. see everything. OK, so if I'm watching an auto assembly line and, I, and everything that's coming off the line is a black Oldsmobile uh, that pretty much all looks the same. They're all black. They're all the same car. Maybe they have uh, slightly different uh, features on them. But for the most part, they're all just black Oldsmobiles. But then in the middle of the line, I see a red car that's not an Oldsmobile. And maybe the wheels on this car are on the top instead of on the bottom. And maybe that car is even on fire uh, as it comes off the assembly line. And for some reason, all of the people who are making their choices about cars, or many of the people who are making their choice about cars, decide that's the car I want. I want the car that with the wheels on the top and that's on fire and forget the black Oldsmobiles. By definition, that is news. By definition, that's unusual and would attract more attention than the black Oldsmobiles. Why isn't Donald Trump the same thing? Why is not what why is the media responsible? Why are the media responsible? for uh, for doing that in in a way that that they would do the same with 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 anything else. Lee Wilkins, I'll start with you. Well, I think Stephen, you've just sort of asked what I think is a serious question about how are we going to handle this going forward. Um, we have a definition of news that is the listeners will all understand. It's not news if a dog bites a person. It is news if a person bites, bites a dog. dog yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to get away from the man thing here for obvious <laughs> reasons. Dog, right. um, <laughs> so, but, but one of the things that that definition does is it prejudices us to, to pick certain sorts of events and to frame them, as we academics say, in certain sorts of ways. One of the things that I think the Trump presidency is asking us to do as a profession is to is to stop doing the exclusive man bites uh, dog by bite, man bites dog news and or person bites dog news and to start looking at what are sort of the longer term impacts or what are the things that are underneath right. the news. And television is a very poor medium for doing that. Television is a very tough medium to do that with because I have seen it done well, but it takes time and it takes a lot of thought. And it is, although you can count up the minutes, I would argue that the 60 Minutes program last night 
forget the minutes, just look at the visuals, is the sort of thing that actually TV needs to think very hard about avoiding in the future. Um, I watched part of that with the sound off. And the notion that you're not getting visual information just from that image about how we're supposed to think about President-elect Trump is, I think, very flawed. Do you you feel like they made him look too presidential? I feel like they made him look too much like royalty. And my (laughs) memory of American history, um, although I was not around students when this happened, is that George Washington said he did not want to be called king. Sure. Um, so I, but I think that so I think TV carries a lot of information. It's not just the words that not are on. It's not just say. the minutes yeah. that are given. It's the visual information. The other thing that I think we're going to have to think hard about going forward, and I've said this before, is how much are we willing to cover what other folks find? So, for example, the minutes about you know Donald Trump versus the other Republican candidates, or Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton versus one another during the general is one thing. But the major stories that the Washington Post and the New York Times did about Trump and about Clinton received very little coverage on national television news or on cable television news. That's a journalistic thing. We only like the stuff that we find out. We're very unwilling to um, cover the stuff that somebody else found out. It's a kind of false competition in the current media market and the kind of media ecology that we currently have. So I, I think, I mean... I agree with everything about the things we could have done better, but I think we're at a place where we can ask ourselves, how can we do things differently and still remain uh, true to the values of journalism and the values of democracy? And that's where I think this conversation going forward is so crucial. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Cohen, media critic, professor at Ithaca College, talk to me about why they shouldn't have covered this car That was on fire and had the wheels on the roof when everything else that comes off the assembly line looks more like a regular car. Well, they should have covered the red car with the wheels on the roof. But in a democracy during election, it's the role of journalism in a free society to try to be referees and to try to give people information about the candidates. So even if there's a red car with the wheels on top, If all you do is obsess about the uh, wheels on top and the red car and don't point out how the wheels are on top or the impact of the wheels being on top, and you don't point out, hey, there's this green car going down the line, and this green car has all these people under 35 really excited. They're looking at the green car, the Bernie Sanders car, for example. Um, So, I mean, the statistics show that... You know, your analogy with the one red car is very different. There were a lot of other cars there, and they weren't all black cars. They didn't all look the same. Um, but, you know, let, let's focus for, exa- for a minute on your red car with the wheels on top. Of course that deserved coverage. But when the wheels are on top, it's the role of political journalism, not just to say, hey, the wheels are on top and gee, the wheels are on top and the wheels are on top. (laughs) It's their job to explain the impact of having the wheels on top, that there's something wrong with that car. And, for example, when the candidate comes out of the gate 
and says that Mexican immigrants are criminals and rapists, and, oh, I assume some of them are good people. It's the job of uh, journalism to say, you know, that statement is wrong in 15 different ways. Yeah. But, but, uh, but again, our... is, Jeff, is TV a decent medium in which to do that? I mean, It, it, it is, is a... in other countries. I mean, I'm not willing to... I worked, as you know, at MSNBC. I was on the air at CNN. I was even at Fox News every week the first five years. I mean, if you look around the, the world at countries that are more democratic than us and have better electoral systems than us, television is a place you could go and really get critical analysis from various sides of the candidates as opposed to coverage of one candidate because he's a celebrity and and to the exclusion of others but i mean you know analysis of the wheels on top means you bring on experts who can say what's the impact of the wheels on top and you would have economic you'd have economists saying hey you know what undocumented immigrants pay more in taxes than they take out in welfare and you'd have criminal justice experts on the air saying you know what uh, immigrants first generation immigrants commit less crimes than native born americans you know so it it's it's not that i'm not saying they shouldn't have noticed that there's this red car with the wheels on top it's the completely inadequate the way, that they, way they covered that car and ignored that there were actually they weren't all black cars there's yeah. green cars you know and in, a, in an election you can't just focus on what's shiny and red you have to in fairness to democracy you have to cover various candidates and what would be the impact of this person got elected as opposed to that person yeah yeah. Um, we're going to take a little quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about the media's role in the 2016 presidential election. We're going to get to your calls next. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. Stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. We are talking about the media and the 2016 presidential election. My guests are Lee Wilkins, professor and chair of the Department of Communications here at Wayne State University, and Jeff Cohen, a media critic and professor at Ithaca College. If you want to join the conversation, 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page uh, and put your comment there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Uh, on Facebook, speaking of media, uh, Devin says, the media were way too concerned with ratings this year and not fact-checking. No one wanted to actually call out Trump on his lies or the real impact of his divisive rhetoric. James on Facebook says uh, their role, whether they liked it or not, was to give Trump free advertising. Their role, whether they like it or not during the presidency, is to report transparency for society to hold accountable for any and everything he does. Uh, and then on Twitter, David K. Johnson, uh, Johnston, a former New York Times reporter, a guest on this show, uh, says how news misinforms. Quote, Trump picks Bannon as advisor 
instead of, quote, Trump picks anti-Semite as top White House strategists. Just some of the examples of uh, comments that you guys are sending in on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, also, again, phones, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019 to join the conversation. Let's go to Lisa in Bloomfield. Lisa, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi. Hi, um, how are you? Yeah, thank, thank you. Good morning, Stephen. I, I love your program. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, I'm just very concerned. Um, I, I want to uh, discuss with everyone, um, you know, on this program uh, to recognize the new phenomenon. Uh, I've been a lifelong Democrat, and uh, most of my fellow Asian Chinese Americans um, basically all voted uh, for Democrats in the past, but 90% this time voted for Donald Trump. Wow. Yeah. Don't be surprised. I, mm-hmm. I knew the sentiment. I told the director for Hillary, um, you know, when they came to my home and had a dialogue with my community because um, we kind of present the um, situation that Asians who work so hard um, and uh, for their, you know, education and career, but unfortunately excluded from affirmative action. It's kind of like instead of being rewarded, we feel like we're being penalized for working hard for forging a very strong work ethic. So this is not the American value as we had, you know, envisioned by immigrating um, to this great country. So that's the kind of issues I like to, um, you know, um, uh, discuss and bring to your attention. You have been doing a wonderful job and uh, a very influential person. Oh, thank you. I, I really know. think, you know, regardless, I have many African, Hispanic friends. Um, ironically, people who live here, uh-huh. they all agree with me That's in my sentiment, wow. in my community sentiment. Yeah. You Lisa, know, thank you. Thank you very much for... People uh, to be, you know, yeah, Lisa, thank you very much for the call. I want to I want to make sure we get to, to other callers. But I think one of the things she touches on in terms of media is that uh, absence of, of coverage of the diversity of opinion out there about this election. We did not hear lots about what Asian American voters might be thinking about Donald Trump because we were, again, really distracted with with other uh, things. And those things may have been more superficial. Paul in Livonia, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Um, as I was telling your screen caller, um, I think that WDET also kind of played a role in how uh, the, the, the election was perceived. Um, in Michigan, Bernie won the primary, as we all know. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel that you guys on your station also kind of showed toward the Hillary bias and propagated the narrative that Bernie was a weaker candidate than, than she was. Um, I can distinctly remember, uh, was your uh, caller told me that it was on early edition where Cokie Roberts was on in, uh, I'd say, March or April, saying that Bernie was showing polls in a head-to-head against Trump general. He was up, you know, 15, 10, 15 points, and Hillary was only up three to four. And as soon as she got done saying that, it was excuses and her rationalizing away that, saying, you know, Bernie hasn't been the attack of hasn't seen the attacks that Clinton has, and it's still early. You know these numbers are going to dwindle down. But um, 
I think you had a responsibility to your constituencies that voted for Bernie that um, I don't know specifically what you could have done other than maybe uh, put some more pressure on the superdelegates to show support for him. But, uh, you know, Hillary was absolutely forced on us by the media at large. You, you're certainly not the only one to bear all the responsibility of that. Um, and now it's kind of, you know, and I told you so, but uh, can't do much about it too now. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, I just wanted to get that out. Uh, uh, thank you very much for the call, Paul. I, I, that, I think it's a really insightful uh, comment. Uh, just one point of clarification. Uh, you're talking about Morning Edition. Uh, which is, of course, a national show at NPR, and that's not uh, we run that here at WDT, but we don't we don't uh, produce that program. For instance, uh, we did try on this program to to talk a lot about Bernie Sanders, uh, although I've heard from lots of people also that they feel like we did not do enough to to sort of highlight the difference between him and uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, and so I, I totally appreciate uh, I appreciate the sentiment, and I appreciate. Uh, uh, the call. Um, uh, Lee and Jeff, quickly, um, what, what, what the caller there is getting at is this sense that the media are part of what makes the system not work. I mean, I think a lot of people feel as though they were disenfranchised somehow this cycle, and they see the media as playing a key role in that disenfranchisement. Jeff, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think they're right. I, uh, I'm a media critic. The media isn't the whole story, but it's a big story in how this election played out. Uh, the, the coverage of uh, Bernie Sanders was dismissive. The public editor of the New York Times was bombarded by so many hundreds of readers saying your coverage of Bernie Sanders is unfair. She wrote a column saying, you know, you're right. Our coverage of Bernie Sanders has been dismissive. You know, one one candidate after another announced for president that they were going to run for president, and on the day of their announcement, it was front-page news. Bernie Sanders in the New York Times was page 21. Uh, in the Washington Post, anyone can just Google this. Uh, right before the Michigan primary, that Bernie won. Washington Post had 16 negative stories about Bernie Sanders in 16 hours. Google it. 16 negative stories. It's, you'll find it on fair.org. So, yeah, the coverage was dismissive. I think a lot of people are looking back at Donald Trump being in the White House and saying if the media had treated all the candidates fairly and given them chances to speak and not let their biases dominate everything, and I'll, I'll tell you my bias. I, I know Jeff, Bernie. Jeff. I'm sympathetic to Bernie. Yeah. But, yes. I think many people believe had Bernie been the nominee, and I agree with Paul. Yeah, I, he would I'm have not sure. Beaten Trump. Yeah, see, I think he, I think he would have had a very hard time beating Donald Trump because Bernie did very, very poorly with African American voters, and those are huge. That was, that, I mean, they didn't come out for Hillary. Fewer of them would have come out for Bernie and the, Sanders. And the and the white working class vote that Might we keep hearing well. about yeah. uh, was a, was in many primaries a Bernie vote, it and it went to Trump because they saw Hillary yeah. as the candidate of the establishment yeah. and of status uh, quo. I, quickly, we've got about a minute left in the show, so I want to get to Lee Wilkins uh, before we go. I don't want to go back and relitigate the primary coverage. <laughs> right. I want to talk about what we can do going forward. Sure. 
And I think that there are a couple of things that we're going to have to pay a lot of attention to. The first thing is we're going to have to figure out how to report on the lives of people as opposed to bringing in experts to tell us what we think. As a journalist, I know that's easy. That's a source on a stick. But those stories do not speak to the lives of a lot of people who voted in this election, essentially as a protest vote. I think we're going to have to figure out how to report about dark money and reporting about dark money without a lot of legislative backup. And that is a really tough thing, but I think we're obligated to do it for democracy. And certainly, last but not least, I think we owe it. And, and one of the caller, uh, one of the callers or tweeters, somebody, somebody said that, is that we need to hold this administration accountable in the same way that we try to hold every administration accountable. That's a part of our job we need to do with more energy and more insight. Okay. Lee Wilkins, professor and chair of the Department of Communications at Wayne State University. Jeff Cohen, media critic and professor at Ithaca College. Thank you both for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. All right. Uh, That's going to do it for me. I'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, uh, Wayne State's public radio station. I will see you tomorrow.